With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is, of course, a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. And I do thank uh, Dylan and Kyle for having me on board. The Hockey Podcast Network, THPN, we're also on that, and I deeply appreciate them. The sun is shining. The Wild are, well, not as close to a playoff uh, spot as they were last week because, well, teams like Nashville and St. Louis keep kicking butt for the most part. So that's unfortunate and, you know, a predictable loss, I suppose, to the Carolina Hurricanes, the way the Wild led and gave up the lead and then led again and gave up the lead and then ended up coughing up the ghost midway through the third period. The Wild also signed Marat Kuzna Dinov. So yes, a 2 and one week, but uh, the signing of Merit Huznadinov is a nice feeling. But uh, the question now becomes, when is he actually going to play? Bill? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, come on, Bill. We wait that long and, and, and all that. Well, he's only 21, but you still have to wait a while for a player like that to come to North America. Obviously, playing professional hockey in the KHL, which is insanely impressive. I think way more impressive than some people might give credit, though most hockey fans are pretty knowledgeable that the KHL is probably the number two league in the world when it comes to professional and minor league or whatever professional hockey it's professional it's not minor league at all mhl is their version of the ahl i've gotten into that enough but oh come on bill we waited long enough right (laughs) we want to see him play Uh, but well we'll have to wait and see i guess how things go uh freddie goudreau anyone anyone freddie goudreau available anybody oh come on guys please Come on, cash considerations, that's all. Just cash considerations, that's all we want back. Seriously? Okay, well, that's about my thought process about uh, trading away Freddie Goudreau. Is that offensive to some of you? Well, too bad. (laughs) I'm just a terrible, terrible fan of hockey. I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Freddy, Freddy does all the little things, right? Little things. Yeah, little is right. Anyhow, and no, I do not mean any inappropriate joke when it comes to that, so let's not go there, because I just think that's childish, but then again, where am I going? Who am I to call anybody childish? Oh, uh, well, uh, why did I even say that? The Minnesota Wild 2-1 this past week. Yes, let's get to the point. We'll talk about Merit Huznadinov as we continue throughout the show. He's probably, he's about as uh, close to a lead topic to this episode as we're going to get, for the most part, which, you know, it's, it's, it's the way this season has been. An extremely impressive win versus the Edmonton Oilers, even with Drew Larkson-Eck having an opening goal taken away due to offsides, which, I don't know, we're like professionals at having offsides <laughs> when we score goals. It's just, we're legends at it. Legends, all-time. Um, at least it feels that way, but pretty impressive win in Rogers, whatever the heck it's called. Rogers Place, not Arena. Uh, 4-2 win versus the Edmonton Oilers. Shades of the 91 Campbell Conference Finals. Not really, but kind of. Um, a pretty talented team in Edmonton, just like that one was. Uh, they, they, they were the defending cup champions, and they, they haven't won since, unfortunately, for their sake. Uh, I've talked about that a million times. Gustafson, a pretty solid week, I have to say, for the most part. I thought he was pretty good. Uh, gosh, he faced a lot of shots in the third period. Edmonton dominated the Wild. They absolutely dominated Minnesota, but... Philip Gustafson shut the door on the Edmonton Oilers, the mighty Oilers. Time and again, he faced 43 shots and only gave up two goals. Pretty good. Matt Boldy, couple goals in the game. Pretty good. <laughs> I feel pretty good about Matt Boldy. What's he on pace for? He's got to be on pace for like mid-60s or more in terms of total points. I do believe he's back on pace to 30 goals again, which he wasn't for quite a while. 32 goals, 33 assists, 65 points. That sounds insanely familiar to last year, but hey. It's better than what he was earlier. He was always going to pace for like 48 or something. It's like, really? 48 points? Baldy? 48 points? Okay. <laughs> I guess, really? Uh, and that's the contract that Fiala originally wanted. That's $7 million a year for like, oh, I don't know, five years, $7 million per or something. When uh, the Wilds were like, no, we're going to have to hold off on that because we have other people to sign. And, well, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, we got Brock Faber and we still have a nice, very nice lottery ticket. In uh, at the at the bare minimum, anyway, in terms of uh, Liam Ugrin, which is actually how I defined Kevin Fiala at the time. He was, he was like a lottery ticket, you know, like but a, but a good one, one that you you know you're probably going to get something out of it, but how much? Ended up being a hell of a player, and then he ended up giving us possibly possibly two hell of a players. We'll see how that turns out in that trade. That was probably the best trade in uh, uh, GM Bill Guerin's history so far of his career of the uh, you know general manager and eventually president of hockey operations. Oops, why did I do that? That was, yeah, nice. Anyhow, um, yeah, but obviously nice job shutting down the Edmonton Oilers. Insanely impressive. I'd have to say one of the better wins of the year. In fact, you could call this the feature presentation of the week, and I'm kind of late to the party with that. Oh, what the heck, play it. And now, our feature presentation. That's producer Joseph or Joey Awajin right there. Producer pals, you know Joey being a little late on the on the <laughs> on the trigger with that one. But oh, what the heck? Yeah, what, what do you expect when it's just a one-man show, right? Uh, Boldy with 23 goals on the year. Zuccarillo with a rare goal with his 11th, but he's the greatest passer ever. It's funny, even Kirill <laughs> uh, Kaprizov joked about it like, "Who is this guy? Pass, 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 pass." And then, you know, obviously they built a really nice relationship. But it was funny. That was like his initial impression of Matt Zuccarillo when uh, 
Kaprizov came to the NHL. Really nice little interview with Joe O'Donnell on the uh, the Minnesota Wild Radio Network. You know the podcasting and such. What the the podcast. So check that out. It's it's out there. It's very entertaining. I like it very much actually. <laughs> so it's it's yeah. I, I highly recommend it. And uh, you can tell Kaprizov's becoming more and more comfortable. <clears throat> His English was already supposedly pretty decent when he got here. Just probably wasn't completely comfortable. That's why he always had the translator. Particularly when it's a bunch of people talking. Maybe you couldn't hear them real good anyway. So, <clears throat> even more reason possibly for a translator. If you can hardly hear the people and it's, you know, your second language. Eh, you know, and you, you, that second language isn't as prominent yet because you just got here. Anyhow, Zach Hyman, 35 goals on the year. That's insanely impressive. Got the Oilers back in the game. McDavid, 66 assists, so just tops in the league. 35 goals is tops on the Oilers with Hyman. That's really high. <clears throat> No pun intended. Obviously, he's the other guy with Drysdale and McDavid, but uh, he's doing a hell of a job too. You know, like a little uh, Yari Curry role there. But uh, obviously, yeah, it's an impressive uh, power play over there in Edmonton, up there in Edmonton. But uh, unable to get the regulation win, or at least squeeze out a point from Minnesota. So a regulation win for Minnesota, no points at all for Edmonton for the first time since December, I believe. So, pretty crazy, and when you consider their win-loss record isn't even all that great. Again, I repeat this every show, it just tells you how behind they were for a while. Uh, St. Louis did recently lose just last night to the Edmonton Oilers, so that kind of helps the Wild, but no, they got a point out of it. St. Louis got a point, it was a 3-2 to two overtime dilly, so that figures. Wild will have uh, Nashville coming up, which is obviously as crucial as it gets, if you're super worried about making the postseason, but... I don't know. I mean, look at Nashville's record and look at ours. Nashville's almost 10 games above 500. We're three. I mean, wahoo. So, I don't know. They're playing great, unfortunately. So, what have they won? Six in a row. So, that's how it is in hockey. I mean, <laughs> that's how it is. You build a hole and, you know, even if the other team starts losing, then you lose or whatever or you don't win enough games to catch up and then the other team gets hot again and then you have some bad puck luck like pucks coming off of for, uh, off of players' faces going into your net. Seriously? Like, that's what they call FaceTime, huh? Yeah. Or the Face Shrine and uh, Zelda Link's Awakening. That's the brand new, uh, brand spanking new uh, episode of Video Game Flashback. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. That was... Oh, I, I put a lot of work into that. That was my pride and joy. And, God, so do check that out if you have the time and all that. And, I, you don't know, you do not have to listen to the whole episode in one sitting. That's one thing out there that drives me nuts like why is the show so long you don't have to listen to it all in one sitting and you don't have to sit down and watch it there's nothing to watch you could be mowing the lawn you could be mopping the floor you could be <laughs> going for a walk around lake calhoun or bob mescal or whatever you call it or mississippi river as kirill kaprizov might do um yeah whatever like <laughs> uh, some things are longer than others it just is what it is speaking of which i'm making this review longer than it needs to be with edmonton but nice win now the Wild head to Seattle. This this team is weird. Like, okay, back-to-back, back, oh gosh, we're probably going to have a letdown in one of these. No, it's a 5-2 to two win. This this team, with, you know, winning this easily, okay, it, it's, I, I don't get it. Seattle's one of the teams that's competing with the Minnesota Wild for the postseason, and they're wearing an interesting third jersey there, one of their, like, reverse retro type deals, where it looks a bit like the Seattle Metropolitans, and I it's a 100% chance that's what they were going for. It looks pretty cool. The really, really ancient uh, Seattle team that did play in the National Hockey League many years ago and actually won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, they won a Stanley Cup. 
Yeah, yeah. How, how does that make you feel, Minnesota? <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel the same. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it was like 100 years ago, but it still counts. I mean, the 1908 Chicago Cubs World Series counts too, so it does. Just ask, uh, just ask their fans. Vince Dunn, the defenseman with 10 goals on the year, extremely early in the game, which is like, well, that's nice. That's just terrific. <laughs> Great. Well, here comes the letdown. I mean, we, we just beat Edmonton. That's amazing. But here comes the bleeping letdown. No, Marcus Johansson, uh, Sasquatch or whatever, the Casper the Friendly Ghost, whatever you want to call him himself, with his ninth goal of the season. And it's not because he's big. It's because you can't find him. Sasquatch. Yeah. When it comes to Marcus Johansson, ninth goal of the season. That's all you need to know there. Tie game against his former club, actually. So, yes, that's what it's all about. It's, oh boy, we got to beat my former club. Kirill Kaprizov with a 25th goal of the year on the power play to make it 2-1. Boldy again, 23rd on the power play. The wild power play has been fantastic. And we're going to keep looking at that as the flurry continued into the second period. Three goals for the wild. Even Dakota Mermis joining in on the party. Kirill Kaprizov with a second goal. And Faber finally getting out of his drought. Brock Faber, who was just point, 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 like night in, night out. He's on pace for 30 points. He's on pace for 35. He's on pace for 40. He's on pace for 45. He's on pace for 50. Is he going to get to 60 points this year? And then it just uh, came to a screeching halt, unfortunately. And finally, a point for Brock Faber. What was it, about five or six games where he was pointless? And I don't mean that. I know that came out really funny, but he didn't have any points. Yeah, he wasn't pointless. He was very valuable, but uh, no points for Faber. Finally factoring in <laughs> with the second assist on Kaprizov's second goal of the game. <sighs> Mermis again, getting it up to 5-1. to one. Jordan Eberle making the score a tiny bit prettier with a 5-2 to two, uh, loss for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Eberle, Minnesota ties, of course, I believe. Yeah. And then um, 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 Adam Larson, uh, also the former Edmonton Oiler, kind of floating around and such. Uh, can't, still can't believe how much the Oilers gave up for Larson years ago. It's pretty wild. Um, in a weird way, but uh, a 5-2 to two comfortable, solid win in uh, whatever they call that place. Was it Climate Pledge Arena? So, that's interesting. Uh, Grubauer was solid as Joey Decord was beaten early and often by the Minnesota Wild, and Grubauer only gave up the fifth goal and faced 18 total shots, so actually that's nice for Philip Grubauer. Good for him. <clears throat> Whereas Decord was pretty lousy unfortunately, which is rare. He's been amazing actually. He's been an amazing find for the Seattle Kraken, but not in this game. Fleury has been pretty damn solid for the Minnesota Wild all season, but again, you don't want to count on him too much. You know, you just don't. He's, you know, ancient history, unfortunately. Not trying to be rude, it's a fact. It's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just how it is. Zuccarillo with a whole pass, 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 pass again, with again, four total assists in the game, which is insanely impressive as his point totals continue to climb despite missing action <clears throat> earlier in the season for an extended period. The white screen avoid. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. Zuccarillo, 39 assists. Yeah, because he's he didn't miss that many games. He really didn't. Huh. Well, he's on pace for 69 points and 54 assists. Impressive. So, yeah. Still kicking butt is Zuccarillo, particularly with that playmaking ability. And then you have the Carolina Hurricane game. Was it a letdown? Kind of, sort of. Not really. I mean, they're really good. Carolina's really good. Second place in the Metropolitan Division, 35, 18, and 6 on the season with the Wild 25, or 28, 25, and 6 uh, of the year. 
Yeah, I don't know. Not the best. The Dewey brothers, are they trying to raise their trade value? <laughs> Maybe. Chrisom also, Chrisom, Chrisom also getting his fourth assist now with the Wild. Pretty cool, actually. Quite impressive. Dewey Connor Tour is he raising up his trade value now with the Husnadinov addition. Uh, Eighth goal on the season. Oh, there with Ryan Hartman. Um, Dewey and Deheim, obviously their value is... They're, they're really nice players, and it would be really, really sad to see them go. But if you can get, you know, reasonable amount in return, something to consider, obviously. And it kind of is what it is. Uh, right now, Huzidinov is on the inactive... Uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's he's on the inactive list, basically, is what they call it. Because, well, first of all, you need his visa to clear and all that. That takes time. The paperwork and all that coming to the United States from Russia... But at least he's coming, yeah, at least he's, he's, he's here and all that. But yeah, we got to get the, clear up the visa and all that to get, well, to officially get him here, so to speak. But the contract has been signed. But then after all that's done, you need a roster spot. There is no room. Somebody has to be uh, waived or traded. Uh, but then again, as of March 8th, so in case we wanted to say, oh, shoot, that visa's taking too long or what the hell, you can, uh, you can extend the roster so you can get by it by March 8th, but if you want to get him out there or on the active roster before that, well, then you have to make some kind of move. I wouldn't be surprised if the Wild just kind of delay things because I don't think we're in a huge rush to trade away one of the Dewey brothers. But unfortunately, again, one of the Dewey brothers that's real popular, obviously they both are. Well, they're both actually yeah, free agents, aren't they? I believe Connor is a is a U, uh, is, is a uh, RFA, that would be restricted free agent, and Duhame absolutely is an unrestricted free agent, unfortunately. So, yeah, he was drafted years ago. He, he's a Chuck Fletcher draft pick, is uh, Brandon Duhame. So, I still remember him with the um, Providence uh, Friar. Uh, is that what they're called? Yeah. The, the Providence, yeah, Providence, yep. I mean, I really like that team. I believe they're called the Friars. It's a nice team, um, obviously. They had their... <laughs> They had some moments. They actually they won a national championship years ago, but not when uh, DeHaim was there. And yes, it is the Friars. Like I believe it's like a, what Catholic. So the Friar, the Friar, <laughs> it's a funny outfit, kind of like Robin Hood days or something. Friar Tuck. Yeah, okay. Well, well, they're not air fryers or anything. So we'll get off of that now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, there's going to be that's kind of going to be the conversation now. Obviously, uh, we'll get more into who's the off here in a second. I just saw Connor Dewar, and that got me triggered here. Jordan Stahl with his eighth goal here that tied things up. Obviously, not Eric, only his eighth goal. Definitely not the offensive uh, player that uh, Eric Stahl could be, particularly in his younger days. Jonas Berdin had multiple goals this week, including this one here, sixth goal of the year now. So good for him. He had his fifth goal earlier. Uh, Deheim, there it is. Yep, one of the Dewey brothers again, factoring in on the points. Only the third assist of the season. That's another Sasquatch, Casper the Friendly Ghost type of thing. Like We'll call it Sasquatch. Three goals. Three, three assists, pardon me, on the year for Deheim. It's weird. Just kind of putting the puck on net and scoring on occasion, but like, what did he have? One assist last year? It was really weird. Where he had like two assists in like a calendar year, I think it was. It was like ridiculous. Ridiculous. Seth Jarvis, nice physical player, 29 assists on the year on uh, Svechnikov's 13th goal of the year. It's a lot of good players on Carolina that don't score a whole lot. It's kind of weird. Um, like Svechnikov is a really good player, but yeah, only 13 uh, goals on the season. So that's always interesting and such. Uh, Terevinen's had an up and down year, definitely more down than up. But Carolina still is winning hockey games, so credit to them. Stefan Nussen, uh, 
Uh, so also, yeah, but yeah, it's Revenant. Only 21 assists down here. He's just, I don't know, it's weird. Uh, Kochkov, yep, he's been a nice goalie for the uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. He faced 30 shots, and he made some pretty impressive stops uh, during the power play and such, where the Wild would have opportunities, but just couldn't get it done. Uh, Kochkov uh, was, was outstanding, to be quite fair. He was outstanding in the net. I'd say he was the best player for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes at the end of the day. I honestly would say that. And Jordan Stahl winning 15 face-offs, 15 out of 21 face-offs is insane. Absolutely nuts. Uh, Erickson Ack did not have his best day. The top line was completely shut down. But Erickson Ack, again, in the um, <clears throat> Seattle game, almost had what looked like a possible shoulder injury. At first, I was thinking, like, gosh, did he break his wrist? Uh, Derek Felska, Derek of the, uh, again, the Crease and Assist podcast. We'll talk about that shortly. Also, some more. Uh, great show, man. Um, especially, yeah, like the most recent, that was fun. Um, yeah, he, he thought it was more of a shoulder, and that's probably the way, uh, Julie Eck was leaning downward, but then right after the game, it looked like disaster, like, oh, great, great, see you, Joel, or Jewel, excuse me, see you in April or, or, or whatever next year, god dang it, anyway, and it's like, and then here comes the press conference, John Hines, no, oh, he should be fine. It was kind of like that. Like, uh, he should be okay. You know, it's like, wow, okay, well, that's wonderful. And Jewel Eriksonette goes out and plays, and she is a minus two, and the top line does uh, diddly, dookie, diddly dookie for the first time in quite a while. Kaprizov did get six shots on that, even Jewel Eriksonette again. So if it's a shoulder, was a shoulder type of situation, he, well, if he got four shots on that, that's encouraging. So, good. Hopefully it's not going to be a nagging injury. We'll have to wait and see. What happens there? Ryan Hartman, wonderful in the face-off circle. Exquisite. 20%. Yep, 20%. Eight losses, two wins. It's just fantastic. Goudreau was the only one that actually won. Boldy 0 for 4, because obviously coming in when you know other players get kicked out, probably Eck. That's wonderful. <laughs> yep, and Boldy did play center somewhat in college, but was more of a winger. <sighs> I don't know. It's just one of those games that got away, and it is what it is. They're really good. Carolina's good, and I did pick them to win the Stanley Cup like every year practically, and I'm still waiting on the first one. Uh, Joe Pesci's cousin. No, it's Vinny, right? No, I'm just kidding. Joe <laughs> Pesci, the 22. I get a kick out of that. And speaking of number 22, that will be the number that Merit Huznadinov wears. Uh, obviously, most recently by Kevin Fiala, of all people. Uh, the other one, oh, a real prominent player, Kyle Clutterbuck. And I saw somebody list Cal Clutterbuck as their favorite wild player of all time. You have a right to your opinion, but really, Cal Clutterbuck is your favorite wild player of all time? I know we're not the 80s Oilers. I know we're not the Oilers, you know, like we didn't experience, you know, Gretzky, Messier, you know, Paul Coffey. We're not the early 90s Penguins. We didn't experience, you know, Lemieux, Mark Recchi, Kevin Stevens, <coughs> Yaramir Yager, like maybe you've heard of him. Paul Coffey there, too. Larry, Larry Murphy. <laughs> yeah, Larry Murphy. Yeah, that's a painful one for me. Uh, the exquisite Jim Johnson before he was traded for Larry Murphy. Traded, boy. Pittsburgh really gave it up, gave it up there. Whew, boy, they, boy, we really, we really pulled one over on them, didn't we? Yeah, sure did. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I understand, the whole point is I understand we don't have like a million Hall of Famers or something on our uh, in our history, but again, Cal Clutterbuck, really, that's the best you can do? I, I remember hearing in the past there were teammates that were tired of him because he was 
agitating the other team over and over and over again and never really like finishing it you know like you start something and you and you don't finish it you, you let somebody else have to finish it like in a fight or whatever they get the penalty they might get injured and such when you're like the one agitating the other team i heard that didn't always sit well at least years i mean obviously it's years ago but still ugh. when i saw that i almost like ugh, i almost started gagging you know i think we can do better i think so with that said <clears throat> enough of that the player of the week well i should get into other topics first though but <clears throat> yeah um the general topics and such again merit who's nadine up and we'll talk about that also in the prospect segment more than likely playoffs i don't really see the playoffs as much of a thing i don't i mean if they make it they make it Kristen continues to look like a nice fine generally speaking and kirill kaprizov was the star of the week and that can kind of give you a hint as to where we're going for the uh, Mike Madonna Award. I pretty much just gave it away right there. Um, <clears throat> it was a decent week for the Wild. It wasn't that bad. And Philip Gustafson, I thought, was pretty good this week after getting shelled last week in one of the games. He had one really good game and got shelled in the next one. It was like, what the hell? So it was kind of weird where he had to, you know, he had to get set. That was against Vancouver. Had to get sat in favor of Fleury, <clears throat> which didn't help Fleury going into the next game. I don't know why I'm having trouble. It's kind of goofy. <laughs> It's like, I just can't breathe. What the heck? But as for uh, the Mike Madonna Award winner for this week, it's going to go to Kirill Kaprizov, the star of the week in the NHL. So that's awesome. The top star of the week in the National Hockey League. And he'll be the top star of this week as well for Brave the Wild. Mike Madonna Award winner. I know I probably should do it in the star thing too, but <laughs> some days. Well, maybe someday I will switch it over. The James Tepper Memorial Popcorn Maker, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it's Freddy Goodrow. Well, it kind of is. I don't know. I mean, Hartman, two of eight. That's funny, man. But he did have two assists versus Carolina. It's not like he's bad. He's really not. The, uh, but, is it Johansson? <laughs> you could go with Johansson. I don't know. I mean, there was nobody that really was terrible necessarily this week. Even Merrill was... He just is what he is. He's below average, obviously, way below average. Grissom's been a nice find. We've talked about that 15 times now. Uh, Goudreau, well, he won some face-offs, but again, just a non-factor like always. It's It just doesn't matter anymore. So it's kind of generally players like that. I don't really have anybody to get real ticked off at. It's just annoying, like Marcus Johansson, the way he comes and goes, and, they, oh, he, he scored a goal against his former team again. Yay! You know, whatever former team it was. Like, he'd score against us, too, and I think he did if I remember correctly, when uh, he was gone after his first stint. So I think I remember that, actually, which was funny. It was like a joke. So we'll go with uh, Marcus Johansson just for that kind of nonsense. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Some consistency would be nice once in a blue moon. Uh, so with that, we'll take a quick break, and we got three games to preview coming up in Into the Prospects. We'll talk some more of Merit Huznadinov. Before we jump into anything else, here comes Le Draft Kings ad right here and right now. 
We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. As for games coming up, here's a whopper right here. The Vegas Golden Knights at the Boston Bruins on the money line. Okay, I keep going back and forth between the puck line and the money line, so I don't know. Nobody ever says anything if they like one more than the other, so, well, we'll see. Vegas Golden Knights plus 130. This is at Boston. And uh, minus 155. So, some of you that like to like the earlier games, that's a good one, right? <laughs> For your ESPN Plus, but okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> or whatever you watch. Uh, New York Islanders are visiting Detroit. Detroit, so both Eastern teams, of course. Though Detroit's Midwest. Money line again, minus 105 for the Islanders, minus 115 for the Detroit Red Wings. One of the best teams in the league right now, again, Florida Panthers, minus 340, hosting the Montreal Canadiens, plus 270. Years ago, that would have been the polar opposite, but but then, but then again, when has Montreal really been good lately? Arizona was falling off the face of the earth, plus 205 in Toronto, minus 250 for the Maple Leafs, two outstanding teams in the Central, unfortunately. Dallas Stars, yeah, unfortunately, because I don't like either one of them at all. Uh, Dallas Stars, minus 135, they're hosting the Jets. Winnipeg Jets, of course, plus 114 there. The Wild at Nashville tonight. All right, Nashville, crucial game for Minnesota, minus 105 for us. Really? Okay, and minus 115 for Nashville. Interesting, (laughs) very interesting. The Canucks hosting the... uh, I don't know, they're falling off the face of the earth, LA Kings, for some reason, plus 120 for the Kings in Vancouver, the West Coast, obviously, and minus uh, 142 for the hosting Canucks, who the Wild scored 10 goals against. Don't think that's going to happen again this year, but we'll have to wait and see. Some entertaining matchups, including the, the Wild versus Nashville, obviously, especially if you think the Wild are, you know, that they should make the playoffs. I mean, we have players, it's just, eh, whatever. <laughs> we'll get to that later. We've been babbling about that all season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 877- Eight, ho- uh, eight hope and why or text hope and why which is four six seven three six nine in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call eight 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 seven eight seven uh, nine pardon me I'll start over eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademark of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2004. All rights. Reserved. So, yes. Indeed. Let's uh, get our but back into the upcoming games. We're going to wrap up the month of February. Literally, this is leap year day or leap day or whatever. It must be a presidential election year and Summer Olympics. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. We'll get off of both Summer Olympics. Well, they're kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah, 
it's kind of interesting, but um, <laughs> it, it, it can be. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, your own personal opinion. Anyhow, goals for the Wilder 16th and goals. Nashville is 15th. Goals against the Wilder 28th. Nashville's 20th. These all sound pretty similar, don't they? Uh, uh, we'll get the, the scores here in a second. Power play of the Wilder now 13th. You know, when you consider how putrid and awful our power play was at the beginning of the year, and remember last year when it was like god-awful, like what are you doing out there? At least in certain parts of the season. 13th. 13th. I mean, and I know that's like big deals, like in the middle practically. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but when it's always like 20-something, that's pretty good. Penalty kill 29th. Yeah, we knew that was coming. That's the other shoe dropping. 28th in penalty minutes. Come on, guys. <laughs> 22nd for Nashville. Nashville's 21st in the power play and 27th in the penalty kill. I apologize for not mentioning that. The season is split so far between the two teams. The road team has won in both games. The road team. The Minnesota Wild were red hot. This is actually our first game. I believe this is John Hines' first game, or is it a second game? Second game, right? Because I think we beat St. Louis like in a close game first. And then we slaughter the Nashville Predators because it's like, yeah, you know, John Hines' first game back in Nashville. I'll get you, sons of biscuits. Six to one victory for Minnesota. That was awesome. But it feels like ancient history now with all the ups and downs since then. I mean, it has been all over the place. <laughs> Nashville, this is one of the downs. Three to two loss in XL Energy Center. Not the worst thing you ever saw, but the Wild didn't get a single point, damn it, in that game. So it's been a season split so far. This one is today, Leap Day or Leap Day or whatever the hell it's called, February 29th, 2024. I don't know how many February 29th episodes I have. Probably not too many, despite the fact this show is old. The show started in April or maybe officially September 2008. This is a very old podcast, if you didn't know. Just keep scrolling back and scrolling, but you're like, oh my God, it's that old? Yeah, it is. Yes. Yes, I'm 44 years old now. What was I, like 30, 30? I was like third, no, 29. <laughs> I was 29. Yeah, remember? <laughs> but I'm still 29. Remember how people always try to tell you that crap? It's like gray hair all over it. Yeah, I'm 29. Yeah, sure you are. Next, uh, March the 10th, Sunday, the Wild will host the National Predators in a matinee. Oh, goody. I just love matinees. Just love them. Um, they're nice and everything, but okay. Wild are 3-2 and two in our last five. The National Predators have won six in a row. If I remember correctly, it might be even be seven now. No, six. It's a lot. Okay, they beat the Vegas Golden Knights 5-3. to three. Los Angeles, these are all road games, by the way. Los Angeles, 4-1. to one. San Jose, oh, wow. Oh, 4-2. Anaheim, eh, 4-2. And then hosting the Ottawa Senators, five to, uh, 4 to 4-1. They are keeping their opponents down, 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 and they're scoring four or five goals in every game, so... That's just a polite clap. It's 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 impressive. Good for them. And, well, if they want to knock us out of the playoffs, so be it. As for injuries, well, Merritt, who's in Genov? Not injury-related. It's called Visa. Zach Bogosian, Uh yeah, he's not been playing for a while, hasn't Yeah, he's not been playing for, I don't think he played a game this week, did he? So, it's been a minute. Yeah, well, actually, he did. Yeah, it's been up and down, but he's been very barely visible, pardon me. Uh, Felino injured reserve. Uh yeah, um, Maroon is out yeah, for like another month or so, unfortunately, and then Spurgeon is out for la saison. Nashville, again, to be polite and, and respectful, it says no injuries. This is called knocking on wood. Yeah, I don't want to be rude to them. I'm not a big fan, but I'm not. They drive me nuts, but still, 
<laughs> no injuries. Hmm. Yeah, it's so silly. UC uh, Soros, 2.91 goals against average mediocre. Like I was saying, both teams are giving up a lot of goals. 90.5 in, in uh, percentage. And Soros has two shutouts on the season. Obviously, again, he was a wonderful goalie of the future. Now, eventually, he's going to be yeah, eventually he's going to be replaced by the outstanding youngster, uh, Yaroslav Askarov. Yep, that rolls right off your tongue, actually. Yep, he came out in the Marco Rossi draft. And I remember he was the big-time goalie. And then, what was it, a year later... The big-time goalie was a guy named Jesper Volstead, who is the Minnesota Wilds uh, uh, player and, uh, you know, obviously up-and-comer in Iowa who won't be too long from playing here. Askarov has had some moments so far. He's been in two games, by the way, the elite prospect, of course, literally an elite prospect. 1.47 goals against average and a save percentage of 94.3, so nice little start to his NHL career, which, yeah, Volstead gave up seven goals. Volstead, uh sucks. <laughs> Anyhow, Lankinen also, I believe he's been on the Blackhawks and other clubs over the years. 8-4 and four record, but a 3.23 goals against average. Save percentage of 89.0, but 8-4, and four, so the club must have been scoring goals. Philip Forsberg is a goal, or excuse me, a point-a-game player for the National Predators. 60 games, 60 points, 32 assists, 28 goals. Outstanding. Roman Rossi, remember, he's a defenseman, 57 points. He's on pace for, I don't know, like 75-plus 14 goals, 43 assists. Who's the leading, who's the, excuse me, the third leading scorer on the team who's tied with Ryan O'Reilly, the guy who helped the uh, St. Louis Blues win their first Stanley Cup back in 2019. And that was a fun playoff run to watch. It really was. Who's tied with Ryan O'Reilly? Former Minnesota Wild forward, Gustav Nyquist. That's right. (laughs) 13 goals, 33 assists. Remember, he's a wonderful passer. But uh, he can score as well. But yeah, wonderful, wonderful passer. I loved him. I loved Gustav Nyquist when he was here for that short time. He was so good. He was, uh, was outstanding. And isn't he like in his mid-30s, like 33, 34 already? So, but 49 points. He's having a hell of a year. And man, that would have been nice. <laughs> it would have been nice. You know, why couldn't we sign him instead of bleeping Johansson, huh? Why not? You know, forget about Goudreau and Johansson. Take that money, give it to Nyquist. Uh, okay, I don't know. But, well, if, if you want to make the playoffs so damn bad and it's all about Fing winning, well, then Fing sign the right Fing player. Golf Fing, dang it. Anyhow, that's about it, though. Cody Glass, yeah, Mr. He was the first ever, like, major draft pick for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's got six points in 32 games. Well, if that ain't glass, I don't know what is. That's a, that's a glass ceiling, huh? Smash. Smash. That's too bad. Sorry, Cody. I don't mean to be a jerk, but I don't know. The Wild at Nashville. Well, if the if the trend continues, the road team wins. Road team wins, but that also means the trend continues versus <laughs> the Wild in a, in a couple of weeks on March the 10th. I don't know. Uh, we're going to win in Nashville? It's like we never do, do we? Okay, we're going <sighs> to... I, I don't know. They're on, a red, they're on a red hot streak. Maybe the Wild do beat a win here. I'll say the Wild... I don't know. I am just bouncing here on this one. Uh, no, the Wild did not win this game. No, I'm sorry. I'll be honest. 4-2. to two. Yeah, I know it's a lame score. 4-2. to two, Nashville beats the Wild. 4 to th- 5 to 3 Nashville beats the Wild. The Wild get three goals, power plays, and all that cute stuff. Kirill Kaprizov has a multi-goal game. Multi-goal game for Kirill the Thrill. But the Wild do not win the game, unfortunately. Um, because I don't see the Wild going 3-0 and this week. I- I'd be shocked. 
because I think these next two games are ever winnable. Winnable. March the 2nd, St. Louis, Saturday at 5 o'clock on a Saturday evening. Interesting. So it gives you time to do stuff afterward, I suppose, in St. Louis or in Minnesota, depending on if you're following the team there or you're a Blues fan or whatever. I don't think Blues fans are listening to this show, but maybe once in a blue moon. That was not intended. It really wasn't. Uh, St. Louis Blues, well, they're, they're, what, one point ahead of Minnesota right now in the standings. I was just looking at it. I'm going to go back. Yeah, Nashville is six points ahead of Minnesota. St. Louis is just one. That's it. Um, So a chance for Minnesota to overtake the Blues, I guess, which is nice and everything. We move up to fifth place. So, well, we'll we'll see. But it depends on what St. Louis does in between now and then as well. The Blues have been a pain in the butt for the Wild forever. Again, no injuries. What's up with that? But, you know, obviously guys are playing hurt. Hello. Like, gee, this guy doesn't have like a massive bruise on his wrist from like getting hit by a stick or something or a puck or ankle or whatever the heck. No, nobody. They're they're all in perfect shape. Guaranteed, right? Nobody's got strained hamstrings like a little bit. Strain, ST, where it's like not injured, just hurting. Yeah, nobody. They're all they're all healthy. Yeah, right. Uh, three to one win for Minnesota is the only game so far. We got three games against the Blues up and coming. Interesting, and I guess suppose we have a lot of games versus the Sharks too. So don't lose those if you're so worried about making the playoffs and picking lower in the draft. I guess. Yay. Um, <clears throat> this last one was again. Yeah, that's the very first game John Hines ever coached for Minnesota. Three to one. So there it is. Three to one win. Very kind of a a quiet, solid, nice performance by the Minnesota Wild hosting the Blues with John Hines behind the bench for the first time. The Blues are 22nd in goals, 16th in goals against, 24th in the power play, 17th in the penalty kill, kind of opposite us, third about staying out of the box. Very impressive stat. Third. Third. They have 250, approximately, less penalty minutes than the Minnesota Wild. Oh, that's all. You know, okay, 245. Oh, sorry about that five there. That was one of Duhame's fights, I guess, that uh, we just forgot to... Yeah, uh, that, that one didn't count. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> wow. 250 penalty minute difference between the Blues and the Wild. And, you know, I think years ago it was like the opposite, wasn't it? Or maybe not. We were like both really bad about it. But the Blues have uh, been pretty disciplined, to be fair. It's impressive, eh? It is. Uh, the Blues, I think this is a winnable game. Very much so. Wouldn't be surprised if the Wild do win this one in a relatively low-scoring fashion. Something along the likes of, are you ready? Are you ready? 3-2. to 3-2. Two. Three to two. The Wild will beat the St. Louis Blues 3-2. to two. Lower-scoring game. Robert Thomas, 68 points. Insanely impressive season with 48 assists for La Blues. La Blues. And he's played in every game again, knocking on wood. Don't want to be mean. Um... Uh, Bucevic, 48 points, also 24 and 24 for goals and assists, respectively. Jordan Cairo, who was the leading scorer at times last year, with 47, still super good. 19 goals, 28 assists, kind of off to a slow start to the season, but has improved. The former uh, Bruin, Tori Krug, 2 goals and 28 assists on the season. Nick Letty, former Wild draft pick, who never played a minute here, uh, left the Gophers early, kind of got banged up and stuff. And, yeah, I know, it's a long history. And we got the, what did we get, like, didn't we get, like, Cam Parker or something? It was like, yeah, Chicago Blackhawks, right? Cam Parker, yeah, yeah I don't want to remember that. It was wonderful, wonderful trade, right? Great. Well, he was a third overall pick, remember? Another former Blackhawk, Brandon Saad. 
did drive you crazy. 17 goals and 9 assists. He's one of those third-line guys who can agitate, yet he's only got 16 penalty minutes. So he'll agitate you, but not get in the box as much. But he's not really nearly as uh, visible as he was years ago with the Blackhawks. Like, everybody knew who Brandon Saad was then. Now it's like, who's that again? <laughs> oh, that guy. I forgot about him, right? Um, one, one and four in their last five games are the St. Louis Blues. So again, I think the Wild can help knock the Blues down below us for the first time <clears throat> in a long time anyway. Their only win was against the Islanders, four to nothing. Other than that, they've given up four goals in pretty much every game since then, uh, except a three to two loss to Edmonton super recently, a six to one demolition loss at Detroit. So classic matchup though. St. Louis, Detroit, like the old Norris division. Memories, man. Memories. Memories. Oh, Blues or Blues and uh, Red Wings. Classic. Red, Blackhawks and Red Wings. Blackhawks and Blues. Classic. Oh, and then this one team they called the North Stars, too. So classic. Mm, good old days, man. Really, the, the real good old days. Pierre Paget. Pierre Paget. He wanted up coaching forever after leaving the North Stars. It's interesting. I don't think he wanted to be here, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Oh, well, too bad, so sad. The Wild will beat the Blues. The most likely guy to score is going to be... I'm going to step out on a weird one. Uh, Chrisom. Chrisom's going to score a goal for the Wild. That's the second goal of the season. Uh, yep, so Chrisom, number 47, will score for Minnesota versus the St. Louis Blues. And it's going to be a crucial one. Maybe it'll be the go-ahead and winning goal for the Minnesota Wild. St. Louis, no, San Jose Sharks, Excel Energy Center, 6 p.m., 6 p.m. I didn't I didn't look at the future games for the Blues. I apologize really fast. I'm babbling too much. Okay, so yeah, March the 2nd. Then you have March the 16th. That's St. Louis. Yeah, both of these games are on the road, by the way. So, okay. Well, I think the Wild will beat the Blues. Uh, March 16th and uh, Saturday, March 23rd. So this is going to go pretty fast during the month of March. The season will be over. Uh, season series will be over. March 23rd at 2 p.m. Okay, enough. On to the... Um, what do they call them? The Sharks. 15-37-5 and five on the year. Dead, bleeping last, eighth place in the Pacific Division, which is a pretty good division if you didn't know. Oh boy, get ready for some amazing numbers, which could be interesting. 6 p.m. Sunday. Fun. I like these Sunday night kind of games. It'd be even more fun if it was a little later, but uh, that's fine. 6 p.m. is fine, right around dinner time and, you know, crack open a Sierra Nevada this or a uh, Founders that. Stay away from the Coors and Millers and all them. I think crap. But maybe that's what you like. Whatever. <laughs> San Jose Sharks, they do have injuries, including to their best player, Thomas Hurdle. Injured reserve as of Feb the 12th. Vlasic, still there. The former, the, the pickle man. Mark Edward Vlasic did not play recently against, uh, on what, Feb 27th. McKinsey Blackwood, the goaltender, injured reserve. Just recently, like yesterday. So, it's not working out. So we're probably going to have Capo Katkin in the net versus the Minnesota Wild coming up. So we'll see how that turns out. Pardon me. Mm -mm -mm. Interesting club. Very interesting. You ready? You ready for something? Ready for some fun? 32nd in goals. 32nd in goals against. They only have 119 goals on the season. You know, the Wild are okay. 185 or 16th, right? 119 goals against. They've given up 218. Mm -mm -mm. But not much worse than the Wild, ironically. But worse. 32nd. <laughs> Assists, which is a stat I, I never bring up, 
They only have 198, which is dead last in the league. The Wild have not played the Sharks once this year. It's a three-game series because it's a divisional but same conference. Or, yeah, it's non-divisional but same conference, sorry. Sunday, March the 3rd. Thursday, March 28th at 7 in X Energy Center. Those are both in the X. And then Saturday, April 13th, the Wild head out to Northern Cal on Saturday at 9.30. Fun, fun, and fun. I love those. It'll be just kind of a tune-up. We'll, who's the DNF be out there, like on the top line, because the season's over? This team is filled with Minnesota Wild rejects one way or another, and I'm not trying to be rude to them. It's just the way it is. It's particularly Grindland. I don't consider him a reject necessarily, but we did kind of move on from him, and it ended up being a great trade. So all the credit in the world to a man by the name of Paul Fenton, the much maligned Paul Fenton. Leading scorer of the Sharks, again, Thomas Hurdle. He's their best player, but he is also on injured reserve. Injured reserve. 15 goals, 19 assists for 34 points, but he's a minus 26. Kind of reminds you of the Iowa Wild or the Heartlanders last year. They're basically what last year's Heartlanders were, giving up like four goals a game and scoring like one or two. It's like, oh, this is so fun. This is so much fun. Oh, they lost four to one. Oh, they lost five to one. Oh, four nothing. Oh, it's so much fun to watch. So, yes, there's that's the other side of things. When you tank, it sucks and it's boring. Like, there's just nothing going on. Nothing. Like, you, you hope there's some kind of a cool prospect coming up and all that, but and maybe they're on the team now, and we're still losing, but they're going to get better. I don't know. Does Luke Cunning make you excited? 52 games, 10 points. Multiple ACLs throughout his career, and I'm not trying to rip on him. Nico Sturm, 38 games, 9 points. Kalen Addison, 36 games with the Sharks now, 9 points. Kalen Addison. <coughs> All these names sound awfully familiar, right? Um... Mike Hoffman has been all over the place. I don't know if it's what happened with him. Like, he was so good years ago with the Ottawa Senators. But, I don't know. He started getting traded a lot. I don't know if he's, like, not a popular person. I thought I heard something like that. I don't know. Or he's just not a, not that good. I don't know. But I don't know what the heck happened with Mike Hoffman. He was good, man. Uh, eight goals, ten assists, 18 points. He is a defenseman, by the way. Um, I did say Mikhail Granlin. Seven goals, 25 assists with 32 points. He's actually one of the better ones in the plus-minus. Only a minus-nine, which actually is pretty good, considering 10, 10 assists on the power play, no goals. Um, Mario Ferraro, that sounds kind of cool. That rolls right off your tongue. One goal and 13 assists in 53 games. And the the other major player who's probably going to be a net versus Minnesota with McKenzie being out, Capo Kakinen, remember? And I liked Capo Kakinen a lot. And he was pretty good here for the most part, but some nights he was just a guy, which some people are saying about Gustafson this year, who has been a major disappointment this season. I said it. He has been a major disappointment. I'll keep saying it, too, until until otherwise. But, yeah, he's been better lately. But six, six wins, 18 losses, 3.63 goals against average, no shutouts. Save percentage miraculously is 90, though, considering the circumstances. But, see, because it's the play in front of Kakinen hasn't helped, but Kakinen, obviously, again, I mean, it, it, I don't know, he, he could be better, but I suppose, again, the way things are with the Sharks right now, it's literally a dumpster fire, you know, it, it just is, it's a, it's a dumpster fire season for the Sharks, seems like yesterday they were a fairly competitive team, and then all of a sudden they just started dropping off, and now, the last two or three years, they've been worse than the, than the expansion Sharks, I mean, that club was fairly competitive. Within a couple of years, they were knocking Detroit out. Number one record in the league. They were knocking them out in the first round. Remember? Gaetan Duchesne was on that club, former North Star, of course. So, yeah, it was kind of crazy. 
No reason the Wild should lose to the Sharks, but maybe we will. The Sharks have lost... Well, they had lost... No, they have lost four in a row. They beat Calgary most recently, 6-3. to three. Wow. I wonder how the I wonder how Flames fans were booing the hell out of them. This was in Calgary, this, you know, the Saddle Dome and stuff. 6-3 to three to the Sharks. Ooh. <laughs> wow, that is bad. <laughs> kind of like the playoffs years ago, right? Or was that against the... That was against the Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights blew like a big lead. Uh, something crazy happened. What was it with like Pavelski? Like he got knocked down or whatever. It was like some kind of concussion type of deal. It was not intentional. But of course, the the, the Sharks players and fans pre, you know, kind of pretended it was and it created a major motivation. It took the Sharks all the way to the West Finals, if I remember correctly. It was insanely impressive. Um, or did Colorado knock them out? I can't remember. It was a great series. Great series. Uh, I remember thinking, oh, Colorado and San Jose, that sucks, but it ended up being a great series. Anyhow, a uh, 4-3 loss to Columbus, 4 nothing to, to, the, to the Vegas Golden Knights, 4-2 to two to Nashville, and the struggling New Jersey Devils, nice way to kind of come out of their doldrums. They've been struggling. They're not even in the playoffs right now. It's weird. 7-2 to two victory for the uh, New Jersey Devils, so hopefully that can help get things going, and this could be a nice one for the Wild as well. 5-1, to one, Minnesota beats the Sharks 5-1. to one. A, should I pick anything crazy? Hat-trick for Matt Boldy. Hat-trick for Matt Boldy. This feels like a Matt Boldy game. You know, I mean, we always play the Sharks in March, always. And it's the March of Boldy, right? You know, last year, March, you know, Boldy was incredible. Maybe he gets 40 goals this year. Like, he has another huge month of March, and he gets to 40 goals or close to it, like almost like, like 38 or something, 70 points. But uh, if the March of Boldy is back, half, uh, excuse me, hat-trick versus the Sharks, and the Wild went 5-1. to one. With that, let's jump into the prospects now, if humanly possible. The Minnesota Wild again. <laughs> he will be with Minnesota, and his name is Maritus Nadinov. He is not going to Iowa, because the KHL is close enough to being in the AHL anyway. In fact, arguably, it's better than the AHL. So, what's the point? That'd be like being demoted, wouldn't it? You're certainly getting paid less. So, like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Uh, Merit Huznadinov is going to the National Hockey League, and it's the right move. Um, but when? That's the question. Uh, Bill Guerin was going to say it's, it, it depends and such. And obviously, probably by, at the latest, March 8th, he will be a member of the Minnesota Wild one way or another. Like on the actual active roster. Uh, he is a 200-foot player, is Merit Huznadinov. 200-foot player. We've always talked about he's a great skater. Really good defender, but he's also capable of scoring as well. It's not like, oh, he never scores. Yeah, he does. Uh, he looks a hell of a lot different than he does in his picture. <laughs> his team looks, when you look at his jersey, at least in the picture on, uh, what do they call it, uh, hockey database, he looks like he's on the New York Rangers or something. He looks way different now. He's a lot, got a lot more facial hair, whereas in that picture he's just a young 18-year-old, clean-shaven. He looks a lot more rugged now, which is fine, uh, and he does play more of a rugged style of hockey, but again, to go along with the rugged style, which is more of a third, you know, he could play second and third line. They, they see him as a middle six or at least a top nine kind of guy. So third line maybe to start at the bare minimum. But the skating ability is something that could, uh, skating ability, and clearly he does have offensive skill. And the explosive skating ability that he does have and the fact he's pretty good in the face-up circle can get him to the second line, possibly. But right now you have Jewel Erickson Eck, who obviously is a top six, if not top three, I'd say he's top three. Uh, Marco Rossi, who does also deserves to be top six. So, 
it's not a you know finally you know it's a, it's a maybe a good problem to have like let guys beat each other out let one guy move to maybe they can move back and forth Rossi and um, who's Nadinov depending on who's Nadinov's success level but obviously starting out there's no way uh, who's Nadinov is going to unseat where Marco Rossi should be which is on the second line of course Rossi's been moved all over the place he's been on the line with Lucini and uh, Letary which isn't necessarily you know it, it, it worked out fine for Rossi, he ended up scoring goals, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, the Huznadinov edition is exciting. Unfortunately, you do burn <clears throat> one of the years of his, uh, you know, entry level. So that's the sucky part. But so eventually we're going to have, like, in five minutes practically, just like with uh, uh, Karuka Priestov, <sighs> we got to sign him. Yep. But at least it's the summer of 25. So if he ends up being really good and you got to sign him for more than, uh, you know, $3 million a year or something, well, the money will be there. So... At least I think it will be. I think it will be, depending on how much we're going to sign Faber. But, well, maybe he maybe maybe it won't be $8 million a year for Faber. <laughs> I kind of hope it doesn't have to be that much, but we'll just have to let that play out, I guess. Um, with that said, as we're going to stay overseas, if humanly possible, with uh, Liam Ogren. Uh, he, he, you know, he is somebody, like, there, there was conversation that... You know, contract talks with uh, Vancouver's uh, Elias Pettersson could get real interesting. But, I don't know, would we even have the cap space, even with, like, we make enough of a trade? So we might have to, I mean, we'd have to throw in some players with money, wouldn't we? To have to throw in. And then, of course, a very high-end prospect, which it, my guess would be it'd be Ugrin or Ogren, pardon me, if the Wild went that direction. It would possibly be Ogren that could get traded. I can't imagine us giving away Yurov, but I guess you never know. And then again, watch Ogren be phenomenal. You never know. Uh, 21 games, 9 goals now. 9 goals, alright. And 9 goals and 4 assists in the Swedish Hockey League right there. That's the professional level for Sweden at age only 20. So, yep, we'll see how that turns out for him. Danila Yurov, I believe it's at least another year. And then after that, Danila Yurov just might come to North America around maybe, who knows, maybe around this time next year or a little, little later. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, that would be unbelievable. He is a winger, though. He's not a center, so Huzinov obviously is a center. No complaining about getting an outstanding winger, though. 62 games, 21 goals, 28 assists. Season is wrapped up, I believe, there in uh, Metallurg. So we have 49 points total in 62 games. Outstanding. Outstanding season for somebody his age. At age 20, extremely cool. Uh, last year, obviously, Two years ago, was it like no points? And then last year, kind of quiet, but, you know, kind of back and forth of the MHL and eventually finished in the KHL, which is wonderful for a year off. But uh, at the end of the day, yeah, he's really taking steps forward, and it is extremely exciting. Who's Nadinov? Also, it is the maximum amount allowed for entry level, by the way. So 925 for this year, which obviously, again, counts this year and then the next year, 925, so he'll be on Minnesota next year for sure. It's called the non-roster. Uh, non that's what it's called. Um, 21 years of age, and he becomes a restricted free agent in the summer of 25, which is when the Wilds' cap situation will be better, to say the least. It will be different. It won't be as rough. So the cap hit from Parisi Studer will be 1.66 for, uh, you know, and that goes all the way up until 2029, I do believe. So it's a little bit of a cap hit. That's a player, you know, one point. Six is a player. It's not a star, but it's still a piece. So, there's that. <sighs> yeah. Oh, what did I do? Oh, that's fine. No, it's not fine. Go back where you were. Dang it. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to close that yet. 
But uh, let's look at the other prospects or prospects or whatever you want to call them. Um, we'll go to Iowa for now. Nick Patan is still leading the club in scoring. Iowa lost again for the 900th time. Damon Hunt, 13 total points. Beckman of 27 now. 15 goals on the season. Damon Hunt is leading the defenseman in scoring. Tied with Simon Johansson all of a sudden. Where did he come from? Uh, he is a minus 19, which is better than it was before, I suppose. And like I said, last night Iowa lost again 3-2, to two, but it was an overtime loss, yay, but still in last place. Adam Raska, what was it, like his third goal of the year, yay. Caden Bankier also scored, so that's always nice to see him going, and Johansson. That's why his numbers have been kind of creeping up. He's been getting a few assists, obviously. That's pretty much what he's got. 13 of those, no, 8 of those. 5 goals, surprisingly, as well. So that's always nice, I suppose, but... They're not winning games down there at all. Everybody's minus this and minus that. Johansson actually is tied with Paton for the worst, which is weird. Paton's the leading scorer. Uh, Milne, two goals, five assists, seven points. He's kind of a fast guy. He's kind of like Kuznadinov a little bit, but as a winger. But not as good, obviously. He'd probably be dominating the AHL, wouldn't he? I would think. I bet Kuznadinov would dominate the AHL. Uh, Jesper Volstead, goals against average 2.83. Kind of around Fleury's level. <laughs> thus far, so let's get off of Iowa. They're not been that. They've not been that good. Uh, ben Kier, though, yep, quietly. Okay, uh, coming back again. Seven goals, six assists, thirteen points. He's been climbing up very slightly, but again, Iowa's not quite as bad as the Sharks, but kind of similar. They they don't score much and they get scored on. So too much to too little, as uh, little league coaches like to tell you. Too much to too little. Pavel Novak with the ECHL's Iowa Heartlanders. 8 goals, 8 assists, 16 total points, and he's a minus 14. <sighs> yep, both of the Iowas have not been all too special, unfortunately. Um, there's also been talk about a guy by the name of... Where'd he go? Second round pick, first off. Yep, I believe. Wasn't he signed as well? So, we'll see. Uh, there's a conversation about him. We'll get to that in a minute. I'll leave him up maybe shortly. He's got 35 points this year in 67 games, but way more games than last year. So, he's productive in the AHL, uh, KHL, but I don't think he's anything super special. Benoit, one point in 15 games. Let's just move on, whatever. Pert, 11 points. Now three goals, eight assists in 30 games. Uh-huh, that's what the, uh, what do they call them? The uh, St. Cloud State Huskies. Petrovsky, 46 games, 45 points. 15 goals, 30 assists for the Owen Sound attack of the OHL. Good for him. Spashik again with Iowa. Yep. Don't talk about him too much yet. But yeah, he's he's developing. He's got a skill set. And he's minus 10, which is better than some of the Iowa players, I guess. Two goals, four assists in, in 42 games. He does have offensive talent, but not just not uh, it's not showing up yet at the AHL level, unfortunately. Healy for Harvard. 26 games, 21 points, and he is a defenseman. Nine goals, 12 assists. Nine goals for a defenseman in college at age 19. is pretty impressive, actually. So give him credit where it's due. Lawrence, again, small steps forward this year as a left winger with a very high-end Denver Pioneers team, unfortunately. Nine goals, ten assists. I do not like Denver, if you didn't notice. But uh, good for him. Under hate, yeah, points a game. He's a point-a-game player where he was ahead of that last year by nine points. This, you know, again, I, I feel under hate's been a little disappointing. 21 goals, 36 assists in... 15 more games than last year, and he's only got 6 more points. So do the math. 
there. It's, it's not the best thing you ever saw. Jimmy Clark with the Gophers. Yep, nine points in 32 games. Four goals, five assists anyway. Caleb Parker. Moose Jaw Warriors of the WHL. He's a right shot defenseman with 33 points and he's age 19. So at least productive with WHL, which is cool. Six goals, 27 assists. And he's a plus 16, which is way ahead of last year. So good for Parker. Punk with the uh, Duluth Bulldogs, who are not in national contention at the moment. Two goals, 14 assists. About a half a game player as a defenseman. So not too bad uh, with a unfortunately struggling Duluth club. And there it is, Riley Height, 100 points, 100, hundo. And, uh, well, he's played 12 less games than last year so far, and he's already three points ahead, 68 total assists, 32 total goals, which is well ahead of last year. 100 points, plus 29 on the year for Riley Height, for the Prince George Cougars of the WHL, Kumpelainen, yep, he's definitely fallen off. He was a point-of-game player. Now he doesn't score at all anymore. 24 goals, 19 assists. He's been stuck at the same thing. Was it like three, four games now with no points at all? So that's unfortunate. And Charlie Stromel, again, well, he's now at eight points. Congratulations. Three goals, five assists for Charlie Stromel. Finally got something last week. Uh, he's a minus four versus a minus ten last year. Not really ripping on him. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. So we'll see. I mean, that's... Uh, it's unfortunate, though. Like, last year you thought, oh, it's just a bad freshman year and it was a terrible team, and then this year it's a totally different, way better club. They're ranked higher than the Gophers, uh, that being the Wisconsin Badgers anyway, with Mike Hastings as coach. Eight points in 28 games. I don't know. He's not a stay-at-home defense, and he's a center. <laughs> so <laughs> he's not Jonas Brodeen or whatever, you know. He's not uh, Pert, who's actually a really good stay-at-home defenseman type with the... Um, um, St. Louis, St. Cloud. I call them St. Louis, St. Cloud State Huskies who like to call us rodents. Thank you very much. At least their fan base does. And that's okay. Go right ahead and call us rodents. <laughs> uh, it's so great. Um, that should be the end of the... Yeah, that, that'll be the end of the prospects. But again, very excited about Maradona's Dinov. Who's the Dinov coming to Minnesota? And uh, when he when he plays, I guess we'll find out. It's not going to be for, it's not going to be at least for a few games at the end of the day. So we'll come back now for some fan interaction conversation. back here on Brave the Wild. Time to jump straight into fan interaction at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild also on Instagram. It's Brave the Wild underscore MN. Brave the Wild underscore MN for Instagram, so do give those a follow if you could. It'd be greatly appreciated. Trying to get this loaded, but of course, hashtag BTWMN is the way to keep things organized. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be completely organized so we're gonna try my best uh, to not miss so some people that have been replying i uh, please please put hashtag bgw man it makes a huge difference um where is it okay so yep i want to thank yeah it's nice to thank people that retweet i think it's you know only you know it's so appreciated repost i guess they call it now morty uh emin johan Derek felska jay bushy tom hayen Vince Germano and Rick, thank you guys so much for retweeting. I really appreciate you. I, I really do, and I mean that sincerely. 
I'll get stuck here. Um, Daniil Yurov set a new KHL record for most points in a season by an under-21 player. That's awesome. So, yep, very cool. Uh, Derek Felsica says, certainly a nice thing to see. Unfortunately, we have to wait another season after this one before he comes over. So, yes, there's that. That is a fact. Uh, Morty says, has he officially signed his contract extension? There was talk he was, but haven't heard he did. Derek Felsica says, I think it's rather likely, yeah. And then Morty says, I keep hearing that, but I'm holding out hope until I hear he did. So, yep. Um, that would be, again, Daniil Yurov. Danila Yurov, not Daniil. So, I posted a winter hat that I got recently from the Atlanta Flames. Well, it's, yeah, it's not from the Flames, but it's about the Atlanta Flames, or it's an Atlanta Flames winter hat. Very comfortable little thing as well. I was saying, um, how can you not love this? BTW, hashtag Atlanta Flames, all that cute stuff. Uh, Derek Velasco says, Anoka used the Atlanta Flames logo for years. I agree, it looks terrific. Yep, it, it does, doesn't it? I think it's a wonderful. So, sticking on the retro logos conversation, I posted a poll. Unfortunately, I only had it last two days or a day or something. I was a mistake. So, if you don't change the days, it's like a day and a half or something. It's really short. What is your favorite non-North Stars defunct uh, team and logo? Atlanta Flames, Hartford Whalers, Quebec Nordiques, and California Golden Seals. So, I stuck with the teams from around like the 70s-ish. So, you know, that started around the 70s and, you know, into the 90s or whatever. That's basically with the Nordiques and the Whalers. So, California was gone real early, obviously. Um, they eventually became the Sharks, though, eventually. And I always talked about that weird metamorphosis situation after they moved to the Cleveland Barons uh, as well. Cleveland Barons were an NHL team. Yep. So, number one, Hartford Whalers, 64.5. The Whale has been restored, or whatever you'd call it. Gotta love that. Number two, the Quebec Nordiques, which we hope someday will be an NHL team again via somebody moving or expansion. 25.8%. Third place, my Atlanta Flames, 6.5. What the heck? But no, I, I love Hartford and Quebec as well. I actually have hats for all three of those. And the California Golden Seals coming in last, 3.2%. They were so short-lived. It wasn't like the best logo, but it was kind of cool. Kind of a cool idea. And again, it ultimately became the Sharks. Derek replies with, in my opinion, this is a three-way race. Quebec, Hartford, and Atlanta. Quebec, the Igloo, and the Fleur, the Fleur list are so good. Yeah, Fleur de list. Yeah, Fleur de list are so good. But the Whale H logo was fantastic. Atlanta slash Anoga A is rock solid. Yep, they are great choices, aren't they? So, yep, asking people for thoughts. I think there's one or two of them that were that did not have the hashtag, so I'm going to, yep, help back and dig in here. Yeah, Morty, yep, because you didn't put the hashtag, so I'll, I'll get to those at the beginning, just for that case, sake. Morty says, first off, I want to know the status of first off. Is Yurov trying to negotiate a better deal with the Wild since he hasn't signed his extension with, you know, the KHL? What realistically could we get in a trade for Flurry and others? Would anyone take Goudreau off our hands? I would hope we could get rid of Goudreau for cash considerations. That's what I'm hoping for, to start off with. Flurry, yeah, I mean... I, get, I somehow I could imagine a third round pick. That's just my guess. Maybe I'm I don't know ignorant, but that's just what I'm thinking. Maybe a third round pick. I mean, it's not going to be too much, but third round is better than nothing for sure. Uh, you know, at his age, and it'd be for like you know, a, you know, like now, like just like a like a rental type of deal, um, and then retire either retires or whatever. 
He says he doesn't want to be traded, so we'll see how that turns out. First off, he wants to know about first off. But who's? But what do you, what do you mean? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, first off. Let us love first off. What exactly? The status. Uh, uh, right now he's in the KHL for sure. Uh, 35 points, 67 games, 17 goals, 18 assists, the plus one on the year. I think Derek, let's see, I think Derek replied in there. Let me see what he had to say. Yes, Morty said, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Derek did reply. First off, is under contract, so if he plays for anyone at this point, it would have to be with the Minnesota Wild. Yep. I think so, too. Yeah, he would not be uh, in the in, in Iowa. He would be with Minnesota. Uh, and I bet he would make the team. I do believe first off would make the team, but I could see him as more of a middle six at absolute best and like a winger. Yeah, like I think he's a third-line winger in the NHL, first off. I don't think he's going to be anything special, but he, he, he would play some second because he's more of a skilled player. But, he, you know, he's not great, though. He's not like a high-end scorer. Um, as for Yurov, it's, it's hard. Yeah, this is Derek. As for Yurov, it's hard to say, although it's not like Metallurg uh, is offering him the world. Maybe a second a second and prospect for Flurio. Oh, that would be pretty good. And um, Derek was saying probably not. What was that one? Oh, yeah, could we get Goudreau off our hands? Probably not. Yeah, I bet we probably couldn't even get rid of him for cash considerations, could we? Isn't that crappy? And we're not going to buy him out, yeah, because we've done en enough of that. I suppose it wouldn't even be that big of a buyout, but it's just you know it'd be it would linger forever because doesn't it like double the years or something? So yeah, it's like you you eat it for like a couple of years, like the two million, which is you know just a pain in the ass, and then you have uh, several years afterward where it's like half of it or like a fraction of it just lingering until like twenty thirty five. It'd be something crazy like that, I think. Um, Huh. And then, yep, Derek was saying, kind of like this guy, although he's probably not as funny. Yep. <laughs> That's a familiar, yep, interesting. So, that was cool. Yep, glad I got to, to that one. I didn't want to miss it, so I wanted to jump into the replies. Now we can go to the hashtag BGWMN. Because, yep, not everybody does the hashtag, which is okay. I mean, it's I prefer you do, just to make it easier. Uh, Tom Hayen is on board. He says, Freddie Goudreau, please explain. Ooh. Well, yeah. The, what's his face was in love with him. That would be a guy named Dean Everson. And um, he had a good year last year. And um, that was the only good year he ever had. <laughs> yeah. That's like, <laughs> that was the only good year he ever had. And we were uh, sold on it for some reason, which I don't understand. Which is like, yes, 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 uh, GM Bill Garrett, please explain. You know, it could have been two or three years, but five. Five. Cinco. Are you serious? Yeah, so like five years. That's, yeah, that I don't understand. It's unexplainable. Two or three years would have been enough. Like, you don't commit five years to a player like Freddie Goudreau. You just don't do that. So, that was real weird. Um, it just does not make any sense. So, yes, that's a, an awesome question. Please explain. Jay Bushy says, I agree with Tom. I think it's time Freddie sits for a few games. Your thoughts? Let me see if they, oh god yes yeah I mean yeah, I think so uh, so I was checking to see if there was an actual res if it was a responding to something I said or someone else but no um, yeah like explain like what's the reasoning for this nonsense yeah exactly I think it's time he does sit for a few games yeah I agree a thousand percent Jay uh, 
yeah, like, why is he still there? Like, why is he still there? Even if he's under contract, it's not like we owe him uh, ice time. <sighs> there has to be some kind of solution, and you've got to think, you got to think somebody might be willing to take him on for cash considerations, but again, maybe like Derek says, probably not, because it's literally giving $2 million to a guy that might get you 15 points or something. Maybe he'll help you out the shootout. You hope this and that, but even that magic seemed to go away. So, the Derek Felska lightning round is back. It has returned. Le Derek lightning round. Uh-oh. Yeah, and that's the other name. There's another player that needs to be, yeah, on the ice. And, oh boy. Well, and it's like, you can't send Lucini or Letary down. I mean, you can. You can, but it's like, well, they're kind of helping. That's the funny part. The other player that we're all forgetting now, well, not all of us. Obviously, Derek's not forgetting him. Mason Shaw is working the James Stepper Memorial Popcorn Maker while some of the veterans continue to do little to nothing most nights. What will it take to get him in the lineup, or is it how the Minnesota Wild roll? Wait for your chance to be scratched. Sure feels like it. Like, look at Beckman. Beckman was up here for like a week. Oh, he's going to get his chance, just not tonight. And he never did. And he's back in Iowa. Isn't that great? Isn't that just wonderful? Because we got to see Freddie Goudreau get zero 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 zero, And then you have people like Michelletti or whoever. Hey, you know, he does a lot of little things. And, uh, yeah, okay, thanks. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> and I like Pat Michelletti. I have nothing against him at all. I like him. You know, he's a very nice guy. He's very knowledgeable at hockey. But sometimes some of these players, like, you know... I, I, I just, I'm sorry, be it eye test or or analytics, whatever it is. He's failing in both. And it's not just Goudreau, it's, it's other players as well. Um, obviously, the defensemen and such, but uh, Chrisom is like a nice addition. It helps us be freed from Goligoski at the very least, from what it sees. But yes, uh, Mason Shaw is making a lot of popcorn. He is. And I'd rather he's out with the Minnesota Wild. At least give him a chance, this type of thing. He wasn't that productive of a player after a nice start to last season. He stayed good for a while, and then it was like game after game after game. He wasn't productive either, but at least again, uh, he did the little thing. So there I go, putting my foot in my mouth. But that's the thing. Mason Shaw and Merritt, who's the now? Uh-oh. So, yeah, two guys that need to be up here, I guess. I don't know. I mean, Lucini probably does less than uh, Vinny, Vinny Letary, but you know, obviously guys get hurt and this and that. Goudreau doesn't do anything. I, I think scratch Goudreau for heaven's sake. Scratch Goudreau. It's not the end of the world. Other teams have scratched players that are under contract for a while that aren't good. It it, it happens. Sometimes you just have to do it for the good of the team. If uh, there's a, somebody that deserves to be playing instead of Goudreau, play him. Be it Huznadina or Shaw. Anyhow, uh, continuing, if the Minnesota Wilds sign Merritt Huznadinov, are they just going to scratch him game after game until he shows the team something, I guess, at practice? Or will he get special treatment and get thrown into the fray right away? Sounds like it's going to be the previous. Sounds like it. Oh, yeah, he's going to play eventually. And I remember hearing uh, that's pretty much exactly what uh, Bill Guerin said. Eventually. It's like, oh, boy. Yep, so I think it's the, I guess, that practice type of thing, as you said. Next, the Florida Panthers' Nick Cousins acted as though he was shot in, in, on, shot in an on-ice scrimmage during a game against Buffalo. As the skirmish continues, he lays on the ice. He nearly gets hit on the, uh, gets hit with a skate as he, and, and he leaps up. Should we suspect acts of fla- uh, fakery like this? 
Should we suspend access? Yeah, I think we, sh I, I think we should at least fine at the minimum fine him. I think, and then it could lead to suspension if it's a continuing thing, like a reputation type of deal. That'd be my guess. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking because of, yeah, it reminds me of soccer. You just the guy just lays there for like a minute, two minutes sometimes after there's like a little bump or whatever, just lays there during the World Cup or whatever other soccer game. It's annoying. It's like, dude, just get up. So, yes, conversation there. Looks like there's a reply involved there. John says no, because stars do it all the time, and if they get suspended, it will piss off fans even more than some fakery. Well, okay, then, that's what I said. Fine. How about uh, F-I, uh, yeah, find them. Whatever the whatever the word is. So, <laughs> please, yep. Uh-oh. With Class A and Class AA, section finals coming up, who do you think will win the Class A and who will win the Class AA at the Minnesota State Boys Hockey Tournament? Edina. Yep, uh, you're going to just love my responses to this, but, well, Edina for AA and Hermantown for single A. <laughs> I, think, I think so, yeah. When you see them there, it's like Hermantown, Section 7A. Oh, boy, yeah, it's... It's Hermantown. It's, it's, I think, you know, I mean, how, how can I bet against Hermantown and Edina? I, I just, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a fan. I'm a cake eater at heart, I guess, even though I'm nothing close to being a cake eater. Hermantown is what they are. They, they are the kings of, of A. They are the kings of single A in the tournament, and they're back in it and all that. They're back in pretty much. So, um, yeah, like they're not in the official, they're not officially in the tournament yet, but I, I mean, again, who's going to bet against Hermantown for single A and then Edina for double A? That's just, you know, Edina's in the mix and all of that, so that's how I'm going to have to say it. I think Minnetonka will be a huge threat for the double uh, A. A lot of people like Minnetonka actually winning the whole enchilada for single A. I, I don't know. It'd be cool to see somebody like New Alm, maybe St. Cloud Cathedral jump up, but, uh, I mean, uh, Orono's always been a threat. Uh, obviously, you know, they, yeah, they, 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 they've been a threat uh, off and on through the years. But Her Hermantown is what it is. It's like a legendary um, legendary school when it comes to uh, high school tournament. They, they just are. Like, whether you like them or not. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just the way it is. So we'll continue. Next one. The Minnesota Wilds seem to be one step forward, one step backwards in the standings all the time. What video game level... Would you compare it to the Wilds' progress slash regression to? So a level. Ah, video game level. Level that you're just kind of one step forward, two steps back. In a lot of ways, like something like a Ninja Gaiden, I think it's like level, yeah, level six. Like, okay, I'm getting to the boss and all that stuff, and then you die, and then you go back to 6-1 again. But obviously the Wild aren't even in 6-1. That would be like deep in the playoffs. But just imagining, I mean, if it's just a single level, like a single world like that, it could be World 6-1 in that one. I know, uh, what you call it as well, puts you back a couple levels if you die. Um, well, there's a couple of games. Obviously, uh, what's it called? Soul Feast for the Sega CD. You get to the final level, you go back and die, you go back two levels. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Um, what's the other one? Ghosts and Goblins. If you accidentally don't get the shield and you like beat the final boss, so to speak, like Satan, I guess is what it is. You go back to level 5, because it's level 6. You go back to level 5 if you don't get the shield. So it's like the wilds continue to not pick up the shield in Ghosts and Goblins. Next one. Ooh, Sega Genesis used to advertise itself as doing what Nintendo don't. Yep. What Minnesota Wild player do you think you'd compare it in that same way? Insert player here that does. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, this is fun. Brock Faber does what John Merrill don't. Yep, <laughs> what John Merrill doesn't. Absolutely, that's one. That's for the defenseman. The um, Drew Lerksonek does what Freddie Goudreau don't. You know, <laughs> what Freddie Goudreau doesn't. Drew Lerksonek, except for face-offs, Freddie Goudreau can win a face-off once in a while, where Eck is decent as well. So I guess they both kind of are okay at it. But Eck provides more, he just, he just provides more energy, provides more skill, provides more overall presence on the ice. So Drew Lerksonek does what Freddie Goudreau doesn't. That was fun. Uh, uh, yep, we talked about first off. And, yep, Tom Hand with Merritt now signed. What should we expect? We should expect him to be on the roster at the very latest by March 8th. And after that, I think, I think, that, you know, I think he, when he, unfortunately, like, the first thing we should expect is to wait, which is annoying, but it is what it is. But I would not be overly surprised that when he does get on the ice, that he's productive right away, actually. I don't expect him to take off and be like a star, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a half a point a game type of guy, like a 40-point level player right now, and in the next year, you know, maybe kind of like, you know, kind of like Rossi in a way. Obviously a smaller guy, but like probably a better skater than Rossi. Small guy like Rossi. Better skater. Uh, they're both really good defenders. I can imagine him being kind of like similar point levels to Rossi in the NHL. Maybe not as good long term. Like Rossi might end up being a 60, 70 point player someday. But who's the you know, if It's probably 50, 50-ish. That's my guess. That's my guess of where what we expect with uh, Merritt Huznadinov. But his skating ability, we're going to see a player that, you know, gives it his all and just flies up and down the ice. Really nice defender, and he's decent in the face-off circle as well. So that's what's exciting about the signing of Merritt, who's Nadinov. With that, that's the end of fan interaction. So now I want to give shout-outs to the likes of Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, uh, also, again, um, Patrick Turner, Minnesota Wild Nation, a uh, huge shout out to MNW Prospects, our Minnesota, our MNW Young Guns, Pavel Bonnet and Justin Baki. You guys are the greatest. Absolutely love you. Huge, massive shout out. I think I forgot to give a shout out last week, which I feel terrible about. That would be Crease and Assist, Crease and Assist podcast, the Crease podcast, Crease and Assist, Derek Felska, uh, Teresa Ferries, and Kalisha Townsill, who was busy last week and, uh, you know, hoping the best with everything, with all three of them. Obviously, health and uh, other things in life, you know, hope hope the best for you guys because I think you do a wonderful show. Um, if it's two of you, it's fine. If it's three of you, it's it's great. I, I, I mean, e- either way. some Sometimes when it's just Derek and Teresa, it's fantastic. Derek and Kalisha or Kalisha and <laughs> Teresa is an interesting combination as well. Uh, they do a wonderful job. But uh, it's nice how they can kind of, like, pick up each other's you know, pick up, uh, you know, you know, have each other's back, like one person's not feeling good, whatever, or as other things tied up. It's kind of cool how they're able to keep going, and uh, it's nice. It's nice chemistry between the three of them, and they really know their hockey. Um, honest to God. So, wonderful show, Derek. Absolutely wonderful show. With that said, we're going to take, uh, we're going to take a leave for a week, and who knows, maybe we will see Merritt, who's the Dean off, and I'm looking forward to it one way or another. 